Hello and welcome to the 51st episode of Inherited Will, a One Piece podcast. A weekly podcast discussing each week's manga chapter and a reread of past chapters. My name is Thomas. And this one right here is Jordan. Before we get started, I would like to once again ask you to leave a review or a like, etc., depending on your platform. Share us around if you have One Piece loving buds. We'd appreciate it. Uh, with that out of the way, we'll be going on into chapter 1048, then chapters 580 through 590. Big punch. Oh, wait. No, hold on. <laughs> I got ahead of myself there. Uh, I like to imagine that brulee punched into the mirror there, so it still counts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. I just don't have much to say here. I'm guessing that they are here, but, like, we don't see them, so... Yeah, the fact that Brulee's like, I think it's Ishiji and Reiju makes me think maybe it's a red herring. Um, but, like, she's looking into the mirror. She should just... No. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why there would be any confusion here. Right. But... But if like, it is them, then why not just show them them and not these two speculating about it, you know? Because uh, this way you get more characters on the page. Yeah, I was really hoping to see Cracker more. <laughs> <laughs> Missed that guy. Yeah, he, he's a, he's a good one. He's surprised, it seems. Yeah, I do like his exclamation mark being his hair. That's cute. Yeah, that's reason enough to have this, I guess. For sure. Uh, so I guess Cracker and Brulee are going to be popping on over to meet with the Vinsmokes. No, I mean, I, I can't think of a more fitting duo, honestly. <laughs> I suppose. I don't really know how that fight would go down. I mean, in my head, Cracker's probably stronger than them individually, but he's beat up and they like regenerate or something. So maybe they'll be okay. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like they might have him in speed, but in raw power maybe he has them. But And he certainly has them beat in infinite biscuits, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and that wins most fights. <laughs> that takes us into the chapter proper, chapter 1048, 20 years. Uh, picking up pretty much exactly where we left off with Luffy's big ol' punch looming in the sky, him shouting at one of two dragons on this panel to move Onigashima out of the way. Uh, said dragon doesn't think he can do it, but he's giving it a shot all the same. A classic headbutt. That's my move, Owenosuke. When you reach your frustration limits, like, yeah, that's all you can do. <laughs> pretty much. I do think it's fun and notable that this turns out to not actually be just a regular big punch, but uh, more like what he does in Gear 4, where he like, sucks his hand into his arm and like propels it out faster that way. Yeah, it's nice to see the consistency there. The fact that he can do that does pretty much make all the other gears obsolete, if he can just do all of them, basically, in Gear 5th. But, uh... It's just the classic Super Saiyan syndrome, so I can't complain too much. Yeah. Yeah. 
I kind of liked that Luffy was still using all of his gears up to this point. Yeah, they all serve a different function. One's for speed and also power. One's big fist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one is whatever the heck Deer Fourth does. <laughs> and Deer Fifth is just kind of all that with a wacky flair. Which is fine. Just I liked it, you know, with the different utilities. That's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Luffy's about to drop his big old punch. Uh, but Kaido's got some stuff to say about that. Uh, he says, don't you worry, Monkey D. Luffy. I'm not going to move. Uh, but here's a fun history lesson for you. Did you know that 20 years ago, the hero of this country burned to death? Lidos, or <laughs> Kaido said, lying through his teeth. <laughs> uh, well, hey, you gotta, you gotta talk big. I suppose so. I mean, I guess it wouldn't exactly have the same flair if he said... Uh, did you know that 20 years ago I shot Odin in the head and then he lit himself on fire? <laughs> that wouldn't exactly have the same thematic relevance to his attack. No, it makes Kaido look way less cool. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, but then he becomes a, a fire dragon. That's fun. He looks pretty fucking sick. It looks cool. And he, it does some dangerous stuff. Indeed. And I think it's especially cool that he's not just like spontaneously lighting on fire right it looks like he's breathing flames out of his mouth an ability that we know he can do and is controlling them to cover his body which is a slightly neater than the alternative yeah and it's a i mean it's a good mix of offense and defense which is great like Mm -hmm. as far as trump cards go you kind of want overall coverage if you can have it for sure uh and to that effect, it even makes Luffy let go of him. Isn't that fun? Right. Like, I feel like that's the main reason he pulled this move out right now. Like, mm-hmm. it's A, it's flashy, but B, he was like, ah, this fucking punk. <laughs> He's holding on to me, and it's a bedtime nuisance. Uh, he burns off the horn of his own island skull, the other one that was still standing after uh, Zoro chopped the other one off. Way to cause destruction to your own dang house dude he, he just really appreciates symmetry i'm sure that's what happened uh he makes the bold claim that he's gonna melt luffy's fist into nothing uh doesn't end up happening but i'm glad he feels that way uh luffy brings down his big old punch the bajram gun i think i pronounced that correctly but on the other hand i'm sure i'm probably wrong uh <laughs> kaido counters with a flame bagua which is Kaido for Firebite, I guess. Yeah, not sure where the Bagua came in here, because that's just kind of what he throws in anywhere when there's a move, I guess. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, it also looked like Kaido must have gotten like way bigger when he went to his fire form, because he's like the same size. His head is like the same size as that big fist now where it was much smaller two pages ago. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of wondering about that. Even if you pop back to the previous page, uh, after he's gone into big fire dragon mode, and he says, that giant fist will not come down on me. Even there, he looks a lot smaller. But a lot can change in between one page. It's fine. 
scale is wild in One Piece anyway, so... <laughs> That's true. Uh, but they collide. Uh, Luffy's all hyped up because he knows how to punch without touching. Uh, and I guess we'll check out how this goes later. Yeah, we've got other more important people to deal with now. Like Hamlet again. Damp Hamlet. Damplet. <laughs> the wettest giraffe men that there has ever been. Uh, along with Kiku and Kinemon, who Usopp has apparently <laughs> dropped in the water. So they too are damp lads. Uh, poor them. That's okay. I'm sure the waters of Zhao, they've got a uh, healing property to them. Absolutely. As does anything that comes into contact with an elephant. At least the inside of an elephant. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that's true. Uh, meanwhile, elsewhere on the island, the samurai continue their cheers. You can do it. Kill Kaido. Until he's gone, none of this is over. We see Kabamatsu for a second, for some reason, just to remind us that he's here, I guess. Uh, he's looking pretty beat up. And then we go into flashback mode for a little bit. This is the Kaido flashback we wanted, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't have asked for more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, we pop back to just after uh, Odin has been shot to death. Uh, the samurai are fleeing back to Curry to their castle. Kaido comes to the realization, because somebody says it, that uh, <laughs> Odin has a son. Can't have that. So he chases him. Bops some guys, uh, burns down the castle, kills some daimyo. Having a great time all the while. Yeah, just tears through them. Mm -hmm. We see a quick shot of uh, not Zoro's dad again. That's fun. It's looking a little bit less like Zoro in this shot because his nose looks weird. But <laughs> <laughs> He's a bit more square in this, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good old Ringo. Yeah. My man. Uh, let's see here. There's some more samurai fighting. Kaido blasts some guys, burns them alive. Orochi's being a general scumbag. Classic him. Enslaving the populace. Building weapons. Starving people. Uh, polluting the water. General cool guy stuff. Thanks, Orochi. <laughs> I am glad that we get this, like snippet on why it is just as awful as it is here like right over time they have prioritized the wrong stuff because they suck and uh the people have really suffered for it uh agreed this arc has been going on for like i think nearly 200 chapters now so getting a reminder of like all the terrible things the combination of Orochi and Kaido has done to this land just before their seeming defeat. It just feels poetic, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And helpful. Indeed. <laughs> uh, I do also really appreciate uh, this little noose that we get a zoom in of. Great. Way to make us feel even worse, Oda. <laughs> yeah. Give us the noose and skulls. All this stuff. Very, uh, you know, hopeful imagery. Indeed. Then we get a couple panels reminding us that uh, Orochi, like, actively inflicted the smile curse 
upon the people of Ebisu Town, etc. Uh, great. More reason to hate this man. He's just the worst creature to ever exist. Just playing with human lives. Mm-hmm. Like, humans that are technically under his rule. Like, Yeah, out of like a false sense of his family being slighted like generations ago. Is, is anyone else in his family even alive at this point? I feel like it's just him. I mean, there's Conjuro, technically, but aside from him, uh, no, there's not. There was yeah. the old hag lady who had uh, Mr. Two's power as well, and like the barrier guy. But, uh, they're uh, dead. but they're confirmed dead. <laughs> and it's not actually, I mean, from Oroshi's perspective, yeah, I guess they were slighted. But the supposed crime against the Kurizumis was that they tried like, a coup by poisoning all the other daimyo, and they got caught <laughs> and exiled as a result. Like, oh no, poor us. I mean, sure, Oroshi Yeah, you himself, reap what you sow. Sure. And like, Orochi himself wasn't responsible for that. It was like his grandfather. So sure, it's unfair to like persecute the entire clan over that. But like, if you're tracing back like the first thrown stone, uh, it was the Kurizumis. Yeah, and like, his his hands aren't clean, like... Certainly not anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, haven't been for quite some time, but I don't, he wasn't even completely innocent back in the day, was he? Like, he did shady stuff from the get-go. Well, I don't remember if it's clarified at what point, like, the old woman and the dude, like, came in and, like, revealed that information, putting, mm-hmm. like, this long-term plan to overthrow the the Odin family Um I imagine that, like, the whole stealing money from Odin thing was a part of that from the hop. Um, and we don't know of any shady business prior to that, but we don't know that for sure. So he might have just been kind of a general scumbag even before their influence. That's how I take it, but I really don't like the guy, so, you know. Indeed. He's just the worst. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily for us, he's about to get his comeuppance. Uh, it would appear as though he is going strong for a hot second, on fire, and like coughing up blood or something, it seems, but uh, still alive and intent on taking down poor Hiori with him. Uh, fortunately for Hiori, and unfortunately for me, uh, Denjiro <laughs> pops in, beheads him for what appears to be the last time, and saves Hiori cool i guess yeah fine like why where's he been (laughs) (laughs) i guess he's just been lurking nearby just in case this went south but like could have finished it way earlier dude yeah i mean i got a, a couple things about this for starters if indeed denjiro was just chilling nearby was the intent to just have Hiori finish him off herself? What was Hiori's plan here? She got him with the nail and then just hung out until it fell out. 
Yeah, it's not like she knew about the fire happening before she planned for the nail. Right. Or at least I wouldn't think so. Because Orochi um, started the fire. <laughs> right, exactly. She doesn't so, appear like, to have brought a weapon with her that we can tell. Was, was she hoping to like just immobilize him until Onigashima came crashing down and they would both die? That doesn't make sense. She doesn't have any reason to, like, sacrifice herself. Precisely. Maybe the idea was immobilize him with the nail until Denjiro or one of the other scabbards come in and do their business, right? But none of the other ones even knew that she was here. Maybe Denjiro right. did. Maybe this was, like, a multi-year <laughs> in the in the words plan. Um. Seeing anything about that would go a long way, though. Indeed. And I also just kind of generally don't like the idea that Denjiro was the one to swoop in here and save her when he when Hiori had Orochi at her mercy already. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Oda is generally against having the, like, you know, females doing the killing I guess. Like, he probably wants to try to keep Yori more pure or innocent or something like that. Um, I mean, she was working that as a courtesan for 10 years by Oda's choice, but 20 years. That's a good point. It's a different kind. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it. like we've said, it is fitting, kind of, for Denjiro to do this like yes he's been wronged but i don't know it that plus like he and hiori have been you know kind of by themselves in this whole versus orochi thing for the better part of that 20 years so it made sense for him to be the one to have made this plot with her um but i just hope that it was indeed a plot not just him coming in at the last second by coincidence that would be weird I, I would be shocked if that happened but maybe you know, well maybe oda's original plan was indeed to have yori finish off orochi but then he remembered last chapter oh man i forgot about denjiro <laughs> where's he been yeah. for the last year and a half and then all I made sudden... him important for a while <laughs> indeed uh but think orochi's actually dead this time really for real i think that with the imagery of the lanterns which i like a lot mm -hmm. um i think so i don't i don't know how it makes sense because like you know well actually i don't know what the i guess the like japanese lore of a hydra is but usually it's you know cut off a head and more grow back he's done that a few times and you gotta cut off, like, oh. all of them at once, or something. With the Yamata no Orochi, they usually just have the eight heads, and once you chop them all off, you're done, basically. Oh. And other people okay. have done the math, people with slightly more dedication than I, if you can believe it. Um, <laughs> and apparently, including this one, Orochi's had eight heads chopped off throughout Onigashima. So... If that is true, and that is indeed how his power works, uh, this should be the final beheading 
So in theory, he's literally dead now. But uh, he's also on fire, which helps. <laughs> <laughs> True. Being burned to death usually kills people, but you know. <laughs> Maybe because there's fire involved now. He's only been killed once by fire, so he can take seven more uh, burning oh, to death. No. <laughs> Bringing the fire into the equation added an additional seven lives onto this man. What a power. Indeed. Orochi OP. Uh, but, like you said, the addition of the imagery of the I wish Orochi would go away balloon kind of makes me think he's actually done now. And, uh, great if so i'm tired of seeing this man <laughs> yeah the last couple times has just been like why <laughs> literally why is it just to bring hiori around again uh, sure great yeah. and i liked those little bit of character moments we got when we when hiori was messing with them but uh at what cost <laughs> right like you he, he took it halfway there and then gave it to someone else. Exactly. That's that's what's so disappointing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, Dendro's got a weird big nose. Uh, how can you tell? There's a bandage over it. Oh, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> that's an optical illusion. Yeah, My bad. Exactly. Everybody's nose looks weird when there's a bandaid on it. This is common knowledge. Yeah, I just, I forget, you know, it's the perfect camouflage. I understand. Uh, then we pop back outside. Yet another shot of the balloons. Please free us from this hell. We see, for what may be the final time, Luffy and Kaido clashing. Might pretty big clash here, bigger than all of Onigashima. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like any one of those hockey lightnings could like tear right through that place if it were a physical thing. Uh, yeah, actually. They're lucky there isn't one going straight down. Mm-hmm. In a similar vein, do you think this is actually the final conflict? We've been speculating that like <laughs> for like eight chapters now, because Oda keeps yeah. building it up with like a new big Luffy attack every chapter, but... I mean, there is... There's obviously an impact there. Like, something is happening... But what my problem is that Onigashima is still right there. Like, Momo has done nothing to save it and everyone that's on it. And without that, we don't have a rest of the story. So, unless Momo pulls something out here last second that can, like, just, like, I don't know, (laughs) just uses Law's power, basically, to shift (laughs) all of Onigashima... I don't see how this is the final hit. I feel like, I don't know, they need to bounce off of each other because they're equally powered and then they're both exhausted or something and Kaido's power starts to slip on Onigashima, which lets Momo, I don't know, actually take control. Something along those lines I could kind of see, but then I don't see how Luffy comes back and takes the win. I guess maybe the rest of the crew could show up. They're all pretty tired too, but like, you know, whatever, nine or ten or heck at this point, up to 20 <laughs> tired people versus Akaido might be enough. I don't know. Yeah, could be. What do you think? 
I think there's maybe two ways it can go. I think the more likely of them is that Luffy and Kaido spend the entirety of the next chapter remaining in this like stalemate clash type deal. Mm-hmm. And we as the viewer see Momonosuke's struggles to actually get Onigashima moved, right? Yep. By the end of which uh, he's done so. And then you see Luffy's fist finally come down properly on Kaido. That's what I think is probably going to happen within the next chapter or two. Um, but it could kind of be more similar to one of the options you say, where Kaido takes the hit or like wavers for a second or something, and Onigashima does start to fall. And like in that moment of desperation, uh, Momonosuke gets his heck and shit together and actually does create the flame clouds to be able to move it properly. But even if that's the case, right? Kaido, Kaido's flame clouds are what's currently keeping it aloft and was moving it from point A to point B, right? Mm-hmm. At a relatively slow clip, right? It's not like cruising through the sky at lightning speeds, yeah. Right. Which makes me think that Kaido probably can't move it all that quickly. At the very least, not while focusing on fighting, right? Mm-hmm, so you would think mm-hmm. if he could get the island faster to go to, go to his destination faster, he just would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no reason not to. So I would find it kind of hard to believe if Momonosuke, having just gotten a grip on this power, could very quickly move Onigashima out of Luffy's way. You know? Especially while simultaneously trying to fight against kaido's existing flame clouds um so i guess all that boils down to i think the more likely option is the first where they spend the chapter clashing and then momonosuke eventually manages to do something about it probably probably with the help of yamato yelling at him again indeed maybe uh momonosuke just learns how to use blast breath destroys the floor of Onidashima and just catches everybody and flies them to safety. Strong boy. I mean, he's he's big. Yes. <laughs> he's strong and pink. Definitely knows how to fly really well. Mm-hmm. I do really like this last panel of Kaido. It's just so intense yeah. with all the heavy darks. It's great. <laughs> yeah, quite good. I mean, Luffy is also equally good, but Kaido just stands out there with the lightning and... Mm-hmm. It's very ink the, the contrast. Yeah. Yeah. Not just because it's filled in with ink, but like the rougher lines. That's what Yeah. It's gritty. I like it a lot. And he's got the crazy eyes too. Uh they both kind of do, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean his have like the intense lines in it, you're right. But I mean, Luffy's got the angry eyebrows. It's true. He's not laughing right now. Still kind of in the shape of a smile, but definitely not <laughs> laughing. You got that right. Indeed. Um, yeah, guess we'll find out what happens with this next week. Uh, there yeah. is no break. Next chapter comes out next Sunday, May 15th. And unless you have something more to add, that takes us into the read. This takes us from kind of from one 
beginning to another in that we go from Shanks to, well, to the end of a flashback, I guess. <laughs> so we kind of talked about Shanks last time, so I'm moving past that. Uh, the supernovas get another reaction here. Um, we don't need to go super in-depth with each of them, but uh, I feel like Apu makes an interesting claim here where he says that Law is like known for his ruthlessness. Uh, and later, Eva says that sometimes people just like act on instincts when they're noticing and question, kind of questioning why Law would save Luffy. Um, I assume now that Law kind of took interest in Luffy due to the will of D of it all. Uh, but what what's y your opinion there? <laughs> I think it is a little bit of the Will of D stuff, because as we know now, Law is also a D. Um, but I think it's mostly because he was already starting to get like, his Doflamingo murder plan underway. I think the mm -hmm. reason he went there in the first place... Um, was to try and get a cheap shot off on Doflamingo and maybe kill him in the I mean, chaos why not, of the battle. Right? Yeah, exactly. But then he actually arrives. Uh, things are not exactly going according to Whitebeard's plan, and the Marines are pretty much all fine, like the main ones at least. Um, and then in the chaos of the battle decides, okay, I'm going to switch gears. Uh, this guy seems like he may be a decent ally later down the line and chooses to kind of sow the seeds of a potential team up later on yeah i guess law i mean he's a he's a pretty high iq guy at least in my mind mm -hmm. so yeah i could see him planning that far ahead we know that when we get to the doflamingo battle proper later on that he's the type of guy to like plan like 30 steps ahead like oh we're gonna take out kaido by First, getting rid of his uh, smile trade by taking Don Flamingo. We find out almost immediately that's a lie, and the entire plan <laughs> was to take Don Flamingo and probably die yeah. trying. But yeah. uh, what he—it's a good cover. Yeah, what he <laughs> I mean, that just his that... plan certainly made sense. <laughs> yeah, and it worked out great for us in the long run. So there you go. <laughs> Big brain law saving the day. <laughs> Indeed. Keeps it hidden under that hat of his, but... Can't become a surgeon with no brain. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. Uh, the next important person to talk about is Bonnie. Uh, she seems to know immediately that Vegapunk is the one to blame for what happened to Kuma, and intends to take oh. action against him. Is that what you think she was talking about? Uh, that's what I read it as... Hmm. I think she's talking about Blackbeard. Really? I forget specifically what she says, but it's something along the lines of, oh, it's all his fault. We ought to go to the new world and get him, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you trace back, like, the source of this fight, you know, it's Blackbeard's fault. Yeah, he pretty much arranged the whole thing. And then it hasn't happened yet. But the next time we see Bonnie, she has already gone after Blackbeard and is busted, basically. She's been taken captive. And Blackbeard's like trying to 
hold her for ransom with the Marines to like get a warship or something. Huh. Um, I thought she would be more mad about what happened to Kuma than the war itself. Like that does. It's not. That is true. I mean, Blackbeard didn't have anything directly involved with what happened to Kuma. That would right. have happened regardless of the war situation. Probably. Maybe Vegapunk like sped up his operation to get Kuma prepped for this fight. But maybe, but I doubt it. Yeah. It still would have happened eventually either way. Yeah. So it doesn't really make a lot of sense that like from what we know now that Blackbeard would be the target of her grudge. But based on what she actually does, <laughs> I'm kind of forced to conclude that, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, that's just, that is weird to me. I mean, either way, it's cool considering that, uh, I mean, Blackbeard is like way above her pay grade. It's kind of foolhardy, but it, it's for, you know, the one that she loves, I assume. Uh, and that's pretty dope. I like that. It's also unfortunate for her that Blackbeard's kind of like a hard counter to her ability. She's not a very strong fruit, don't get me wrong. But from what we've seen, she has to like touch you in order to de-age you. And if you mm -hmm. touch Blackbeard, he cancels out your powers. So <laughs> that's no yeah, good. Kind of a no-go. But when you're enraged, you can't really think straight. And also, like, how much does she really know about this guy's power? Uh, not much, I imagine. He doesn't use his darkness fruit in that battle. Um, and just to, like... Except for undercover. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so really all she knows about, probably, is the the earthquakes of it all. Still bad news, but uh, not her biggest problem, <laughs> surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Bonnie. We'll meet back up with her one day, I'm sure. Uh, sure. I mean, we we met up with Denjiro again, so anything's possible. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, the last one I'd like to talk about is Hawkins, who I'm convinced uh, is is just making stuff up with his cartomancy at this point. <laughs> Why do you say that? You don't trust I mean, him? In this, in this chunk, he says, no matter what I do, Straw Hat Luffy's survival rate won't drop to zero. So like, what what scenarios are he, like what what's he running here? He's I can just... think of a few ways that Luffy could die while in a submarine being attacked <laughs> by admirals. No 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 zero percent chance. <laughs> like, because I, I know when he when he later does it when he like is talking about joining Kaido's crew. Um, he says that, like, out of all the scenarios that he's run, this one has, like, the only non-zero chance of survival or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, he's doing this time and time again and using different factors to try to get different results. So, he's either really unimaginative and can't think of, like, I don't know, an errant sea king coming by and just destroying <laughs> the submarine, or... Like, one of Kizaru's attacks hitting or something. Like, Literal impossibilities. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
it just it to me it it kind of feels like a farce he just he puts on this persona to seem ominous and cool for his crew because he's got this whole death straw man thing going for him anyway and he just leaned into it yeah i could see that considering hawkins turns out to be kind of pathetic once he actually gets into mm-hmm. a real fight <laughs> <laughs> i could see the whole thing being being a facade yeah yeah Kind of I mean, he, out with the whole straw man vibe in the first place. Right. Yeah, you're just trying to be spooky or whatever. Um, he looked at his, he his like, eyebrows. <laughs> the worst. But he tries to be like a strategist and a planner, right? Like, mm-hmm. he he's not as good at it, at it as quite a few other people in this, but Even he tries. <laughs> so... He probably was also trying here. That's all that I'm saying. I'm just kind of generally impressed that every single one of the supernovas, like, basically came to this fight to watch from a close distance. They weren't, like, there, there, like, on the land. But, like, there's a reasonable chance, like, a lookout on Marineford could have, like, peeked over there and seen, you know, a whole bunch of notable pirate crews being like, hey, uh, Kizaru, we got trouble over yonder, and then they'd all be dead. <laughs> but, I mean, well, yeah, I guess they didn't know this, but, like, who would they send at this point? Like, would they just have a Kainu go and kill all of these people, probably on TV? Like, that's not a great look. Uh, perhaps not, but that is kind of a Kainu's M.O. <laughs> it is, but I don't think it's Sengoku's M.O. True. I mean, I guess there's no reason they couldn't have sent, like, if spotted, like, some ships after them. I guess they had bigger fish to fry, what with the yeah. imminently dying many soldiers of it all, and also the ceasefire they had just called three seconds prior. But I'm just saying it was a ballsy move, for sure. Yeah, they all got I mean, there honestly, the I, pirates did. Yeah, that's true. Um, I would send Aokiji like every time, just have him freeze the ships in place, mm-hmm. and then you can basically do what you want because they're either going to have to take the time to break free or they're stuck. Like more likely, that's incredible. They're simply dead. <laughs> yeah, like you're you're in the clear. But uh, eh. They didn't. They're fine. And thank goodness they are, because most of them go on to do pretty interesting things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like five, 581 is a really dense chapter. Uh, I think everything that we, I mean, we've only talked about the supernovas, but like that's all 581. And then we also have um, like Boa and the Heart Pirates and the Prisoners. Uh, we've got Sengoku. We've got Dofi and Moria. Like, yeah. Brownbeard is here. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God for that. <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for that guy um, to show up. <laughs> yeah, ooh, boy, scariest of them all, right? Like a whole, a whole bunch of fallout from the just-happened events packed into one very dense chapter. <laughs> yeah, just the immediacy of it. And this this chapter also stands out as, like, a breaking point for Sengoku mm-hmm. as as soon as the well maybe not as soon but 
when it's really shown that the world government is prioritizing its reputation over the safety of civilians, like, Sengoku just snaps. And I do respect that. Like, I've said it before, but he seems like one of the more chill ones, because he's old. <laughs> and that's great. It's a low bar for the Marines, for sure. But, yeah, as far as they go reasonably chill he definitely should have done this long ago because as the man at the top of the marines i'm sure he's seen perhaps not on this scale but similar acts of iffy priorities from the world government in the past um i mean he knows about like shiryu so like yeah (laughs) the whole warlord system is a little sketchy in the first place anyway indeed but, you know, it's tradition. You can't go against traditions, Jordan. They're sacred. I never have and I never will. <laughs> I stand by it. I thought it was a little weird, just initially reading this, that they said Magellan was like on the verge of death. I was like, that's not Magellan's condition as I last recall him. But then like immediately they start talking about how the Blackbeard Pirates escaped with Willis's prisoners. I'm like, oh... These two things are probably connected. <laughs> yeah, dude got overwhelmed big time. Poor poison man. He has to deal with nasty poops and also nasty men. Probably at the same time at some points. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Poor guy. Yeah, that's real terror. Uh, Moria gets kicked out. That's unfortunate for him. Moria gets, like, almost killed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Makes it out by the skin of his teeth somehow (laughs) never shouldn't have (laughs) yeah but you know then who would show up to be murdered by blackbeard later (laughs) yeah who would show up like in the middle of the wano arc for some reason and (laughs) be a relevant character again for a chapter or two there's just no one else that can fit that role (laughs) Yeah, exactly you can't just have absalom in a chapter by himself already dead Wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, and I wouldn't want that. <laughs> I don't like Absalom. No. He's the worst. Yeah. I'm, I'm upset you even brought him up. <laughs> Sorry. It was relevant. I had to. Yeah, sure. It's in your contract. <laughs> I get it. But we have to look at that. Uh, Let's see. So, yeah. They're in the submarine. They eventually make it to uh, Amazon Lily, which is great because it gives them time to recover. Um, but also, Elder Neon reveals that Luffy is a god like 500 chapters before Luffy himself knew it. So that's fun. Oh, is that so? I must have missed that chapter. <laughs> Please explain. <laughs> you didn't see that? Um, she basically like looks at him and his condition, and she straight up says, like, only a god could have survived what this kid went through. What are you? Well, that's alarming news, if true, Jordan, because that's just going to add fuel to the fire that Oda literally planned this from the hop. I know this. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you've done this to me. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, man, but I can can find... (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I can find the chapter with little difficulty. Uh, It was like right before the flashback started, so... Feel free to look that up in your own time. I'm just trying to pretend as though you did not bring this to my attention. <laughs> eh, that works for like a day. <laughs> um, 
then we get to the flashback which is like i mean it's great it's a it's a good little origin story um and i'm glad to get more characterization of ace and luffy's beginnings and sabo as a character i got i got no problems with it but i also like i don't know i didn't have much to say it's basically a training arc right like <laughs> Uh, it's, it's cool to see that Luffy started out not so tough, but like we, we've talked on that. We kind of knew that. Um, I will say that I think my favorite part of this entire flashback was when Ace like realized that Luffy was giving him exactly what he's been yearning for this whole time. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I was just too. like, <laughs> Yeah, he's he's still a kid, but um, that paired with Luffy saying, like, man, I got no one else. Like, <laughs> I was just like, oh, man, yeah. they are they're perfect for each other. And it's just like, that's so sweet. So nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Sabo's there. Yeah, he's got a tall hat. Still does today. And that's that's pretty cool, I guess. I would have ditched the hat if I was him. Like, if I was trying to not look like one of those yuppies, get rid of the tall hat. But even, like, in the present, you know, like, his dad wears almost an identical hat. Yeah. (laughs) Very iffy choice, Sabo. (laughs) Oh, man. The, uh... I I had forgotten that, um... That Windmill Village was, like... With basically within spitting distance of this awful, awful place. Mm-hmm. I, that had completely slipped my mind. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, seeing the map for that and just having it re-described for how awful the people living there were. And I mean, I didn't care for... Uh, oh God, what's the pirate's name? Blue something? You forgot notable pirate Blue Jam? yeah i'm ashamed of myself for forgetting old blue jam that man is going to be the king of the pirates one day you will (laughs) rue the day that you king of the grease (laughs) that's for sure king of the teeth kind of just fitting together in the worst way Mm -hmm. king Um, of being duped in the most obvious way possible (laughs) right like the fact that he didn't expect that really uh puts it into perspective they told him they were going to make him an aristocrat are you serious blue jam you bought that yeah <laughs> like like what happened giving him a lot of what? money sure they were probably still lying if they told you that but like status in like their city they're willing to murder like countless people to keep clean right like are they gonna give you land are they gonna give you a title no way man (sighs) and then he just passed it down the line he just used the kids too which i mean it was awful but i mean effective right yeah free labor i guess yeah just an entrepreneur this blue jam a real capitalist this man (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah just hounding for the money mm-hmm. but uh i mean he yeah he gets his his comeuppance which i'm pretty glad about i mean he's a real jerk um 
a good first major foe for the trio. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like it's a fine flashback, but nothing stood out to like, yeah. you know, tie to recent stuff or whatever. I like it because it has a lot of small, neat moments, like um, like you mentioned before, the thing with like Ace kind of taking to Luffy because he's giving him what he feels like he needs, you know, a little bit of mm-hmm. acknowledgement. Um, but there's also a little bit before that where Ace spits on Luffy. Luffy's mad at it at first, like he was when a. Uh, Shanks got beat up and spit on by those guys, but he thinks about it for a second. He's like, you know what? Shanks would have forgiven Ace over this business. So you know what? I will too. Uh, you also get a little bit of insight over what kind of makes Dragon tick a little bit, because this place is like the very definition of a corrupt government, and this is where Dragon grew up. Um, yeah, that part was that was. Uh a good reminder for me too because i had i don't know if i had assumed that he was born on some other island or what but i i guess i kind of figured that he wouldn't want his kid to grow up any place where he could get tied to him but i'm guessing most people don't know where dragon was born so i guess that's kind of a null point yeah i guess so i guess if he didn't want luffy to get tied up and the whole politics of the Goa kingdom and like maybe get involved with the world government. He probably shouldn't have pawned him off onto like bid time Navy man, Bunky D Garp. (laughs) 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 Didn't think that one through very well. (laughs) Dragon. That's true. Yeah. I'm sure he had the best of intentions. No doubt. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He's the real mastermind here. (laughs) So, Basically, yeah, there's a lot of small moments, and I like the the flashback overall, but it really just reinforces stuff we already knew about Luffy, and also does more to tie us to Ace, because we learn more about his relationship to Luffy, um, which makes the Luffy tearing himself down afterwards hit all the harder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, it's tough to read through, honestly, like... To the detriment of his own health, he's just lashing out. And when you've got that much going on, like when you've had everything taken away from you, and then they find something else and they take that away too, yeah, that sucks. Um, but he's lucky that Jinbei's there, really. Like, rock of a man, mm-hmm. Jinbei, is there to, like, just remind him and ground him and... Make him breathe, like all of these very important things, even if it means beating him up and almost killing him, probably. I believe they call that tough love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you're dealing with a whale shark, I don't know what else you're expecting. Exactly. <sighs> I mean, it's good. Yeah. I had a good time rereading this chunk. Um, it was actually a bit more wordy than I was expecting. Uh, but I had no problem with that. Also, I kind of enjoyed how um, Luffy was basically like running through a Dark Souls level or a roguelike when he was following Ace at first. Just make it a little <laughs> further each time. Just to, okay, I've learned how to take care of the tigers. Now to move on to the crocodiles. 
Like that's that's fun. Yeah. Way to stick it out, Luffy. Came out mm-hmm. the other end all the stronger. Oh yeah. Classic Luffy style. Uh so yeah, I've got one bit. <laughs> uh I've got a couple. Um I guess I'll start. Uh almost the first thing that happens is this chunk is we see a little bit of Shanks and Buggy action. And I'm just deeply amused by the fact that their dynamic remains completely unchanged after not seeing each other for 20 years and being on completely different social levels like on the pirate scene um and the first thing that shanes does upon meeting buddy again they thought oh hi buddy but i'm gonna trick you into doing what i want you to do buddy (laughs) deliver this hat for me and i'll give you treasure uh but just kidding there's no treasure yeah, they've they've known each other for a long time. They grew up together basically. Um and yeah, it's just it's it's cute and funny. Mm-hmm. Part of Buddy's like bedtime reputation these days is his reputation for being like brothers to Shanks. And that's like the one thing that people think about him that is actually kind of true. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean and that that is strong right here, very strong. They just I mean, Shanks plays him like a fiddle, like you said, but that's very big brother, little brother energy. Uh, Let's see, my bit is uh, when Ace tells Luffy that he hates crybabies, Luffy puckers his face right up in order to save face. Like, he does not give it a moment. He's just like, oh, I I also hate crying. (laughs) And we all believe him. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just like when he definitely didn't lie to Blue Jam. <laughs> I don't know why he thought he was lying. He had a very convincing look on his face. <laughs> if I were uh, like that man, it wasn't Blue Jam, but like his subordinate, who matters even less. Um, <laughs> oh God, yeah, that wasn't Blue Jam. Uh, Lendl? <laughs> Did you say Wendell? <laughs> Lendl. Uh, yeah, certainly one of those, for sure. <laughs> Um, I nailed it, I'm sure. No doubt. Um, but yeah, he was telling the truth. And Wendell had no reason not to believe him. Uh, let's see. Uh, as you probably recall, uh, the Heart Pirates are permitted to anchor on the coast of Amazon Lily. Because, you know, they save Luffy and they're helping them out and whatnot. But they're not allowed to fully enter because, you know, the law of it all, you know. Uh, <laughs> Penguin and Shachi are there, daydreaming about all the beautiful women on Amazon Lily. And then Beppo, I mean, on the panel, this is how I like to interpret it for my own amusement, he just kind of comes up behind them and says, I wonder if there are any female bears here. And just (laughs) freak out on the guy, like, no, there are no bears anywhere. It's just women. (laughs) I don't know how you came to that conclusion. There might be bears here somewhere. I mean, I guess, but like, are they gonna be minks? Mm, who can say? He didn't ask about minks. He just wants bears. He's not picky. That's true. He did. That <laughs> will take what he can get. Apparently. Yeah, he gets a little freaky, and uh, that works for me. Good old Beppo. Um, then my last one is at the very beginning of the flashback. Uh, Darp is dragging Luffy to 
to Don's house by the chief. No. Uh, Luffy makes a comment on this panel that it hurts, despite him being made of rubber, right? Meaning the guard is using hockey, right? Mm -hmm. But hockey was not necessary in order to drag Luffy to where he wants him to go. He should have just dragged him, you know, with his hands and not used hockey. But... This forces me to conclude that Garp was intentionally causing Luffy pain just because he wanted to. <laughs> yeah, probably. Like, I I thought that it could either be hockey or, like, basically the fist of love or whatever, working its way into a pinch of love. <laughs> um, well, I've always thought that was simply a silly way of saying Garp is using hockey. Maybe they're actually. Well, I thought that Oda used the same explanation for why Nami's punches hurt Luffy, though. Yeah, and Nami can also use hockey, as everybody knows. (laughs) Yeah, she's better at armament than Zoro, I'm pretty sure. All I'm saying is that it's very clear that Nami could solo Kaido. That's all I'm saying. I mean, yeah, we need one hot take per episode, (laughs) so thanks for getting that up. (laughs) Is that so bold a claim? I don't think so. She stood her ground. Yeah. So she's got all of Big Mom's power now. She has Zeus. <laughs> this is the clear That's at conclusion. At least ninety percent. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I don't know about all. I'll take ninety percent. So she it's pretty yeah. close to Sol and Kaido. Oh, I'm sure that all of Nami is worth more than ten percent <laughs> of Big Mom. So like, yeah, that adds up to more than Kaido. This is math, folks. Yeah. We cracked the code. I think that's where we should end this episode. We're done, folks. Well, hold on. I also <laughs> looked up Lendell's real name, oh. and he's Porsche me. <laughs> uh, that's what we said. <laughs> yep, every time, Porsche me. Uh, All right. That's time. Thanks for listening. We'll be covering <laughs> chapters 591 through 601. Uh, like I said earlier, there is not a break in the new chapters next week. Next chapter releases May 15th. Uh, feel free to send in your thoughts on this chapter via email to inheritedwillpodcasts at gmail.com, on Twitter to at inherited underscore will, or in a comment on the platform of your choosing. As always, thanks for listening. Yeah, what he said. <laughs>